Welcome to the Bike Talk with Dave podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mabel, and I'm so glad you're here. This week, we are headed to Lincoln, Nebraska for the Garmin Gravel Worlds. And while this race has been around for more than a dozen years, this was actually my first go at it. To be honest, I've never really wanted to do it. Our experience with gravel in Nebraska has not been a positive one. Further west, on our way to Leadville, a couple of years in a row, we would stop in Grand Island or Kearney and go for a gravel ride. And every time, we all got multiple flats. Sandburrs, sandburrs, sandburrs. So that was my impression of gravel in Nebraska, plus August. Whew, couldn't imagine how hot it could be. And in fact, the week prior to this year's race, temperatures in the hundreds. It was brutal. Thankfully, a front came through and it cooled off. Of course, that front brought with it rain, heavy rain overnight. I couldn't help but think about the long voyage riders who began the ride on Friday night, riding through the rain. Thankfully, most of them were north of the rain. The rain stayed south, but it covered Lincoln in water. So much water, in fact, that we woke up to an email announcing route changes, taking out some of the muddy level B roads that we might have encountered. I believe the email said, as much as we could take out, which meant we might encounter some, and in fact we did. You'll hear more about that later. It definitely added to the character of the ride. But regardless, we got the route up on our Garmin and headed to the wet and rainy start. The 150 milers left at 6 a.m., the 75 milers at 7 a.m., and the 50K at 8 or 9 a.m. I'm not sure what time they left, but we did encounter them around the halfway point. The rain kept up until about 7.30 a.m., so definitely the 150 milers had an hour, hour and a half in the rain. The 75 milers had half an hour or so in the rain. We started in the rain, and it definitely was not easy riding. Riding the gravel seas through the storm, through a Midwest storm. I got to read you what a couple of people wrote. Deanne Herr, who finished 10th in the 150 miler. Whew, I expected Gravel World's 150 to be hard, but I don't think any of us expected what we got. The first gravel road was chaos. People were slipping and sliding everywhere. If you were behind someone, you got spattered in the face with mud and sand. I couldn't see out of my glasses. It was pouring. It was totally dark. The dusty road had turned to quicksand and mud. It was windy and it was fun. At least the temperatures were cooler. Holy moly, the temperatures were a gift for sure, but it still was not easy. Hannah Shell, who ended up on the podium in fifth place, wrote, it was really hard. The dark combined with wet, soft roads made the first hour pretty horrible. Worse conditions than unbound. I think because it was actual racing in the wet, not like hike-a-bike at the start. We only went 25 miles in two hours at the front. I think we were all met with worse conditions than we had expected or hoped for, for sure. And people always talk about how fast the roads are around Lincoln, Nebraska and fast was not the word of the day. 
as I think you can tell from the times compared to last year. Winning time, seven hours in 2022, eight hours in 2023. And how was our day? Oh, it was pretty good. We had fun. I mean, type four fun, maybe. Uh, going all right until we hit the first level B road around 30 miles, 32 miles, maybe. Whew, we tried to ride through it. That was a mistake. Why don't you just pick your bike up when you look and you can see that it is a muddy mess? I don't know why we don't learn that. Of course, we try to ride through it. We get, I don't know, 200 yards, 300 yards in. We're on the tandem and the thing just starts picking up mud and we slow down and come to a stop, just like everybody else who's carrying their bikes in front of us. There's a little bit of grass off to the side, so we pick the bike up, move it over to the grass and start pushing. I'm kind of feeling smug because we rode so far and now we're pushing in the grass and kind of running and the mud just gets worse and worse and worse. Oh my goodness. Our bike got so heavy. Dee lost her shoe twice. And when I say lost, I don't mean she just sucked her foot out of it, but she couldn't find her shoe once it came off. So she and some other guy are digging around and I'm trying to make headway, pushing that stupid tandem. I didn't say stupid because it actually worked well. We were very proud of our bike. Pushing that heavy tandem, it just was so heavy and so hard. The grass ends and it's nothing but mud and there's nowhere to go but through the mud and you just can't lift the tandem it's probably a hundred pounds D's pushing I'm pushing we try to carry it we can get like 15 feet and we're just like ugh have to set it down take a break literally my heart rate was going through the roof like more than any other part of the race you just got to keep going. It probably took us an hour going from one side to the other, looking for grassy lanes. At one point, there was an embankment, and up the embankment, it looked like a grassy strip between the embankment and the cornfield. And we haul our bike to the top of the embankment. One, two, three, pull! Ugh. One, two, three, Oh, oh, holy moly, it was so hard, so heavy. And of course, we finally get through it an hour of, it's not even hike a bike, it's just gut survival. I say to D, if we win this race, it's because of this section. If we lose this race, it's because of this section. And of course, another tandem passes us. They were smart, got off their bike early, picked it up they were able to carry it without breaking their back and they march right on past us we finally get out we are scraping the mud off of our feet off of our wheels off of our bike with our hands like the stick does no good you just grab layers of mud rip it off and throw it in the ditch we finally get going and of course chains suck with all that mud on the bike and the chain we took a whole water bottle and rinsed off the chain. 
It was a disaster. But we're moving. Checkpoint in like four miles. We catch that tandem back as we're heading into the checkpoint. Make a quick stop for water bottles and lube that chain with more lube than it's ever seen. And off we go. We led that dang thing for 68 miles. Our friends Lisa and Mark Juffenbrook, just as we turn right at the very north end of the course heading home, 10 miles to go maybe, maybe 12. Uh, hey! And it's the Juffenbrooks. So we couldn't have been more pleased to ride that final stretch home with them. It was super fun and people are like, Oh, tandem race, tandem race. There was no race. They dropped us like a brick off a bridge with like a mile to go heading up some long hill. Those guys are climbers, a well-earned win for the Jeff and Brooks. And we couldn't have been more thrilled for them and for the sight of pavement <laughs> at the end of that race. But it was a super fun day. Glad we went and and we should get into it. I ran into race director Jason Stroben, who I had on the podcast about a year ago for episode 26. He actually told me how awesome the gravel roads were. He got me excited. I think I told him about that uh, story of us riding gravel in Kearney and Grand Island. And I said, talk me into gravel worlds. And he got me all excited. And I'm glad he did. And I'm glad he and Corey and Sophia invited D&I to come sail the gravel seas. So I ran into Jason as riders were coming home. He was out greeting riders, hugging them at the finish line. People were finishing the 150. People were finishing the 75 miler. And people were finishing the 300 miler as we were chatting in the finish line shoot. I second. <laughs> we did get second. We're stoked, man. Uh, Jason, you're greeting all the riders coming in. How you doing, brother? I am great. This is the best day of the year. How? What time did you get up today? I woke up from a lightning strike across my street uh, at 2 a.m. this morning, and that had to tell me I needed to make reroutes at 2 in the morning today. So, yeah. Do you know we appreciated that? Uh, yeah, taking three miles off of mud. I know I left some on there, but uh, yeah, taking three miles of mud off probably was greatly appreciated it was i'm trying to figure out how to play this because we sure hated those uh was that one mile or two that uh, you left in was that only a mile it felt like five i think there were two i think there were two on the 150 and one on the 75 yeah i'm talking 75 brother that dude sprinted home, man. That dude was going fast. Yes. He sprinted home. Yes. He sprinted home. Uh, so how you feeling, man? Uh, I'm tired. I'm sore. But I got about 12 more hours to go today, so I'm not complaining. How many more people are out there? It is, what time is it? Uh, it's 5 p.m. Uh, we've got a good amount of 150s still out there. we got some 75 milers still trugging along. My mom my mom actually is about four miles out on the 75, so I'm excited oh, to that's welcome her. Cool. This is uh, by far her hardest ride she's ever done. Uh, and she got it back into biking because of me, so I'm, I'm going to be crying here in about 20 minutes for sure. You were crying at the finish of the men's 150 race. Who won and why were you so emotional? Oh, that was John Borsman. Uh, and, well, and Chase Ward got second too. Both of those. 
Uh, both of those humans are phenomenal humans, but John Borselman is a Lincoln native, grew up in Lincoln. His first big race was Gravel World several years ago, but it's also his third win. So he tied Allison Chetrick for the most winningest human uh, of our event, and uh, he's just a great human to us, and we're really proud of him. Too. That was awesome. I love the emotion when, uh, when I mean, those guys came across, across close, too. Yeah, it was, it was close. It was Chase and, and John all day. Um, pretty much, I mean, the last 75, 80, 90 miles. It was, there was just the two of them for a long time, which is a heck of effort with the conditions. So, yeah, they were, they were awesome. Uh, did great job. They worked together, uh, just talking to them, just class act by the two of them. They weren't trying to trick each other or make anything done. They did it the right way. Um, and so it was just great to, to see them come together and just have kind words to each other uh, is what gravel and competition is all about. I love it. Listen, I was uh, honored to be present during your maybe four-minute-to-go stump speech before the race. We are four minutes away from the start, three minutes away from the start of Garmin Ground World's 2023 Privateer 75. I want to thank each and every single one of you. I, the number one thing I want you to remember is thank you. Our team, our city, our community, our cycling community here is so thankful that you have come here. It is not lost upon us that you have earned your heart, you have used your hard-earned vacation, your hard-earned money, your hard-earned time away from family to train to come here. We understand those sacrifices and there are thousands of events for you to choose from and we are beyond thankful. So from myself, Corey, Craig, Sophia, Jamie and Matt, our team, the Schillingbridge family, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Next, I want each of you to look around. We debate a lot about the spirit of gravel, whatever that is. I promise you the spirit of gravel is not in aero bars. It's not how much mud is on a road. Look to your left and look to your right all around you. This gravel family is the spirit of gravel. You are the spirit of gravel. It's the community, it's the people. Community above sport, community above competition. Thank you all for being here. Who's all ready to go? We are just over one minute away from the start of Garmin Gravel World's 2023 Privateer 75 presented by Lau. That song means we're one minute out. Who's ready to go? My, D and I did the 75 miler. Uh, took us an extra hour, by the way. <laughs> but um, uh, d tell me about that speech. Gravel family, gravel love. I loved it. Where'd that come from? I mean, it. I mean, it came from the heart. I really. I mean, I think about what I'm gonna say all year, and it's things that keep coming up over and over in my heart, and what's important and. To me, I, we love celebrating the, the, we talked about John and Chase, but you know, I've, the, we had some guy come in that walked the last eight miles with a broken chain and he never gave up. You know, those are the stories I also look at. So to me, it's, it's community over competition. And as we're talking here at the finish line, there's hundreds of people sitting around making new friends, making memories, having conversations around a beer. And, and that's what gravel was, right? That's what gravel was 15 years ago. That's why most of us love gravel is it was a bunch of friends that put a hell of a hard ride together. Hey, one sec, pause. Those guys are hauling. Yes. Yeah, that guy's from New York City, young kid. He's got a lot of bright future ahead of him. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think it's just things that, that keep coming up of 
the reason we fell in love with gravel is it was community over competition. It was a bunch of friends putting a hell of a hard ride together, and and you meet up for beers and talk about that adventure together. It didn't matter who was first, who was last. You were there to celebrate no matter what. Who has keys to the quad? So I can uh, I have no idea. Good to see you home, man. Good to see you home. Alejandro's got your beer, brother. <laughs> uh, those guys are awesome. Speaking community. Yes, I love that. Yep. Uh, but then, I mean, the other, other things I talked about in that speech that have been really important to me is uh, supporting those small town races. Um, I'll, I might, I mean, I'm, I'm tired and exhausted. I might get emotional even talking about it, but almost all of us right fought, fell in love with gravel not at a race like ours not at a race that's 2,000 5,000 people they fell in love with gravel at 50 person 200 people races that's where I did uh, it's where it was the first door and that I opened and the first table I walked to somebody invited me over and that was gravel to me from the day one and that's this is what this is what gravel means to me so it was really important for me to say to support those local and independent races because that's the lifeblood and the future of our sport we we hope people feel welcome and loved and encouraged here at gravel worlds but we know it's it's not everybody's first race we know it's not everybody but we have a lot we have our 50k that we had over half were it looked like that were um, new riders but supporting those local races are the is the future of our sport it's it really is and so that's it's really important for me to say things like that and the la the first thing i said overall the number one thing i want people to remember when they leave here is how thankful we are we are so thankful we know there's thousands of events that they can go to hold on one sec Greeting another 150 mile finisher. That's awesome. Um, uh, but the the number one thing was how thankful we are. Uh, I I, I had my life has changed because of gravel. I quit my very good paying job in private aviation so I could do this, and I know that that doesn't happen without people's hard earned time and money and uh, sacrifice from family to train. And our, our team is beyond thankful and our community is beyond thankful that we get to be one of the big guys or a small big guy or a big small one, whatever you want to call us. We're gravel just worlds, think, baby. We're, we're gravel worlds, but we're thankful. And we're so thankful for, for everybody that comes here, that keeps coming back. Um, you know, we've, we've spent zero dollars in advertising in our 14 years. And that the, when you look around at our event and you see the sponsors and the flags and the finish line, I see people, I see community, I see those people, and man, I am so thankful for each and every single, woo, um, just really thankful, truly thankful. I love it. I, you know what? Your emotion is like seeping from your pores. Yeah. I love it, and you could tell that in your stump speech, and you can tell that now. Uh, just, I mean, yeah, I, just looking around, and I see the smiles and the hugs and people, family members waiting to, to cheer people on. It's not it's not about the pros all the time. It's it, they, We love celebrating them, but, man, it's so many more. It's so many more that make up our event, the 99%. Who's who's never the only competition is themselves. That's that those are the people that make up our event and who will continue to celebrate. Beautiful. So listen, uh, you mentioned your past work in um, avionics or something. A private aviation. Yeah. Private aviation. Yep. So was it you who got the freaking Blue Angels <laughs> to do flyovers? I did. Woo! 
so the airport here in Lincoln, I had clients out there. Uh, it was, so the Midwest was part of my territory. And I, I heard that they were coming to town. And I was like, so in theory, what would it cost to have like a flyover? Like, like I don't know. If it's, if it's like a little bit, maybe I'll try to get a sponsor to cover it or something. And they were like, well, just to turn on the Blue Angels is a million dollars. Oh, my. To turn it on. And I was like, all right, I guess that's not happening. Uh, unless we got a crazy sponsor, I guess we'll bring them back next year. But, <laughs> oh, they did flyovers all afternoon. It uh, was absolutely incredible. It was, uh, I, was, I was hoping and praying that we could get that perfect shot right when Borstelman was coming across of the Blue Angels. But we'll have to Photoshop it. Well, again. yeah, we'll Photoshop that because they gave ample opportunity. We're all like oohing and and with uh, the six... I don't even know what the six uh, uh, F-16s or I think I don't know what they are, yeah. but uh, six of them like come flying right down this street. It's right here. It was incredible. We're, le- we're less than a mile from the airport, so when they're doing their banks and everything coming in, it's it's pretty cool. I will say too, out on the road, uh, it was 12:10 when the. Uh, Jason's out there greeting every rider as they finish. That's awesome. Every every rider I talked to said like it was an awesome great distraction. Job, great job. It was an awesome distraction to watch the I don't know what they were F-16s or whatever doing flyovers when we were out on the road. Super cool. Oh, by the way, the the final little mud section was called the fuck you section. <laughs> yes, I, I realize uh, a lot of times my uh, my name is turned into uh, a swear word. Yes, yes, uh, it, is. it changes in the dictionary for this weekend. But hey, I, I tried to save as much as I could to save you guys today. But, yeah. uh, we don't thank you, but we thank you. <laughs> awesome, dude. Thanks, tons. Great uh, year. Thanks, thanks Dave. for the invite. Love it. And then I ran into Sophia Gibson. Jason's co-host on the Gravel Family podcast, which I love and I I listen to weekly. And she's also one of the crew that makes this race happen. Let's do it. All right. Sophia, how great to meet you in person. I listen to you every week. I love your podcast. Uh, it's even better podcast. to meet you. Oh, yeah, whatever, whatever. You're so kind. <laughs> uh, how's your day going? It is going. It's long. It Can feels, I? Yeah. Is it, it legal for me to say that my friend saw you sleeping on your <laughs> on I, a desk? <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny that I took a maybe three-minute power nap at yeah, the table in the restaurant. I'm sure you needed it. What time did you get up? Uh, about 4 a.m. the last few days. Oof. So it's it's been and how long late days. were you up last night? Honestly, I tried to go to bed pretty early, probably around 10 p.m. That's 11. Bad. But but the thing is, you have all your friends. Well, I have all my friends that are like out on the 300 course. So then I wake up every few hours and I'm checking to see, oh, where's my friend? Where's my friend? So yeah, it's not true sleep on these weeks. Um, it, it is not true sleep on these weekends for sure. I've been there, done that. What is your role today? What's your role this weekend? Yeah, so I am a fellow promoter of this race, and so I'm really just the hype girl. I'm here to cheer everyone on at the finish line and pour champagne on champions and just here to help make it the event that it is. Awesome. I love that. Um, so you get to ask everyone, what does a gravel family mean to you? And I'm dying to ask you, what does a gravel family mean to you? Ooh, I think it means to me, it's 
the gravel family to me is this day. It's people that you only see a few times a year, um, and it's people that like hug harder than I've ever been hugged before, and love harder than I've ever been loved before, and yeah, it's just really genuine people to me. I love that. I love that. So how can people I catch the uh, Gravel Family Podcast? Yeah, so we are on all of these streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, and you can find updates about our podcast on our Instagram, gravel underscore worlds. Awesome. I love it. Uh, what's your favorite thing about today besides going to bed tonight? Mm, I think it will be DFL. I think DFL doesn't get enough credit. They are out there working the hardest for the longest, and it's it's an incredible moment when they cross the finish line. There are 75 milers still out there. There are 150 milers still out there. There are 300 milers still out there. They're going to keep coming in all night. They're going to come in all night. So whoever is here at 11 p.m., that's we'll be celebrating them. Awesome. I love that. Uh, thanks. Great to meet you. Yes. Thank you. Likewise. The spirit of gravel certainly is a topic of discussion around the country. What is a spirit of gravel? What does a spirit of gravel mean to you? So what am I going to do at a big gravel race other than ask people what the spirit of gravel means to them? The spirit of gravel was 10 miles out. The pros men field came through and they hollered back. They said pros on the left. And I, I, I knew that it was the time of day that they were going to come through while I was finishing. Um, so I, I went off to the right. Um, and as I went by, they, they cheered for me. They were like, they were like, great job. Good work out of you. And so I gave them a, I was like, hell yeah, good work out of you guys. Go get you some fun. Which they were like, thank you. And they, whooped and hollered for me and then that that was an amazing experience are you making that up no i am not making it up i love that it was the top two guys and it was just it was just cool i have goosebumps you tell me what's your name where are you from i am rose willie i am from des moines iowa and i am the uh, vice president of the women's cycling club in des moines Velarosa cycling team cheers thanks hello awesome. dave yeah. thank you much rose thank you what does the spirit of gravel mean to you? Grassroots events that you don't have to pay an arm and a leg for. <laughs> Dare I ask, is this one of them? It's up there. <laughs> it is, it is. How was your day today? Uh, well, we started yesterday. Oh, did you do the 300? Yeah. Gosh, yeah. crazy. What's your name? Where are you from? Forest, Oswego, Illinois. Illinois. How was your 24 hours? 23 hours, 17 minutes. Attaboy. How yep. was it? Good. Did you know that like a lightning storm woke me up when I was in my hotel last night? Yeah, we saw the lightning while we were out, but we never got rained on. Oh, you didn't? Oh my gosh, we thought about you all day. Nope. So how was your ride? Like, how do you do 300 miles? Uh, one pedal stroke and one mile at a time, I guess. <laughs> Awesome. You happy with your finish? Oh, yeah. Yep. 24 hours was the goal. So. You nailed it by 45 minutes. Yep. Good day. Well done. Yeah, congrats. Thank you. What? Can I, are you in the middle of that? What does the spirit of gravel mean to you? It means embracing the glitter and grit and pushing yourself farther than you think you're capable. Glitter? Leave a smile on your face. I don't know that I always had a smile on my face. Uh, is that glitter on your helmet? Oh, yeah, yeah. All kinds of glitter. How did you get the glitter on your helmet? I don't know. Gravel roads, mud, people throwing it because they're so excited for you. 
<laughs> yes, there's a little mud on your helmet for sure. Uh, what's your name? Where are you from? Sunny Jimenez, Dallas Center, Iowa. Awesome. I love it. All right. What does the spirit of gravel mean to you? Ah, the camaraderie and adventure. Did you find that today? Oh, yeah. That's what I love about this ride. You know, you get a lot of, you know, hey, great job. You're doing great out there. Or if you're, you're having a new stop, they're like, you okay? Thumbs up. I love that. Did you find any adventure out there? Yeah. Plenty of adventure. A little muddy adventure, but plenty of adventure. But that's what I love about it, you know? It's like be a kid again. That's awesome. I love it. What's your name? Where are you from? I'm Carolyn Missick from Dayton, Ohio. Awesome. Welcome to Nebraska. Can I say that if I'm not from here? Yes. All right. Welcome to Nebraska. Have you guys enjoyed the air show? Yeah. yeah. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah, just for us, of course. It is absolutely just for us. Like I feel like they're going right over our heads sometimes. Uh, while we were riding, they were going right over our heads. Did you find that to be a nice distraction? Oh, it was yes. Wonderful. It was cool. It, was, it was wonderful, wasn't oh, yeah. it? Yeah. Like I said, I was like, oh, let me get a picture. Let me get a picture. While you were riding. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Congrats. Great job today. I'll start with Jared because Chris Chris is having trouble thinking about it. Jared, how would you define the spirit of gravel? Uh, the spirit of gravel, I mean, just the, the community of gravel, but also helping people and elevating people. I mean, if you're not elevating and uh, motivating, what are you doing? Great question. What's your name? Where are you from? Jared Morford, Des Moines, Iowa. What's your bike racing team? Bike Iowa race team. boy, Chris, what's your name? Where are you from? I'm Chris Meyer. I'm from Des Moines, Iowa. What's your bike racing team? Bike Iowa racing team. I can be biased here because that's my team, so we're throwing that on the old pod. How would you define the spirit of gravel? And I have given you time to think about it. You have. And I, I think uh, the spirit of gravel is all about openness and inclusivity, making sure that people of all racing types and racing calibers can participate, uh, you know, giving everyone a chance to experience what it, it's like to race on a bike and uh, just being there for your teammates and your uh, other racers and and having a great time on the gravel. I love it. That is a perfect, you know, the, every answer is perfect answer, right? I love it. How was your day today? My day was great because I was able to finish and that's <laughs> what nice. counts. That is. I finished a 75 mile ride today and then I did a 15 mile run yesterday. So I did the nice. Lando double. Half double. You're my uh, you're my first double. Hey, love it. How was that run? The run was great. Was it? The run was way easier than the ride. I'll tell you that. 100%. I kind of believe that because I feel like I was running, pushing a 500-pound bike. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, I get that. I get. What, how far did you run? Oh. 15, 15.5. 15.5 miles? Yeah. Yeah. How was that? Because you was, were trying the double. It was great. Yeah, I mean, we both did the same run, uh, distance, Chris and I. And so, I mean, the run was, uh, it was fun. It was, it's a great course. It was mile 13. I had to walk just because there was a bit of an incline there. And I, I let it, I, I, I made the point of walking. Otherwise, found a great person to run with from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we ran in together, and it was, it was a ton of fun. Actually, yeah, same community as yesterday, just a little smaller, but everybody was super supportive, ring the bell. Same thing we did here, just with legs and ten tennis shoes. Nice, that's awesome. Uh, thanks, guys, and uh, go bike Iowa. Go bike Iowa. 
I ran into Aria Sabiti and his wife Yvonne at the finish line. You may remember Aria from last week's episode about the Core 4. Aria runs the Iowa Gravel Gang YouTube channel. And of course, last week I couldn't help but call him Aria Sabatini. So I had a great chat with Yvonne and Aria and we did a little name correction as well. But here they are. Yvonne Sabini. I know it's not Sabatini or whatever the heck I called you. I want you to say that online. What is it? Sabini. Thank you very much. Thanks for correcting me. Okay. This is like an editorial correction. That's okay. We did a, a previous challenging last name, and I thought this one would be easier, and I don't know. Well, I mean, if you just don't put ends in it. Yeah. Uh, you left last night on the 300 miler. I did. How'd that go for you? Um, it was a very warm start. Uh, it was warm, so, wasn't it? Yeah, it was that that was challenging for me. I felt like my heart rate was much higher than I would have liked it at the start, and just and then the wind stayed going all night, and then from. Um, from when I crossed into Iowa at about mile 75 until I stopped, there was lightning all around me. And I didn't realize there was the big storm happening here. So I, I couldn't tell if it was heat lightning. It wasn't going to the ground, but it's just all over. Um, so I made it to the checkpoint at Jason, Gravel World's Jason's parents' house. No there way, was a awesome. checkpoint at around 105. Um, in Iowa? In Iowa. In Iowa. In Iowa. Nice. In uh, Trainer, Iowa? Maybe. I could be wrong about that. Um, and most of the people were stopping there, and I decided to keep going. I was like, I I knew based on my pace at that point, if I were able to make it here, it would be very late. And then about five to ten miles down the road, it started raining, and with it being chilly, I found a. Um, a house under construction that didn't have like garage doors or anything so I went in there just to kind of see and I know you shouldn't do the math but I was like oh, this is the pace I'm going this is how I'm feeling this is a time I know I have someone who will drive over here and pick me up and and so I was okay with that I do yeah. the math all the time yeah math is okay when it's, you're out on a yeah. ride so um, I feel I, it's kind of required I, I wanted to make it through the night because that was one of my big mental barriers of an evening start and riding all night and what time did you guys start Five, 5 p.m. 5 p.m. And I finished, I, I stopped riding around 5.30 this morning, so a little oh, before sunrise. Through the night. Yeah. I mean, I give her the credit for yeah, through the night. For sure. And Absolutely. then I slept on the floor of that garage till my ride came at 7.30. That's awesome. I love that. What does the spirit of gravel mean to you? Um, getting people out on bikes and having fun and seeing all bikes, all people. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. Well, congrats on uh, being smart. Thank you. It's, it's an important It's a requirement. Thing, right? It is a requirement. a requirement for sure. Aria, Aria Sabatini. <laughs> How are you? You know, I'm good. I'm good. I am good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. You know what? What did I, what did I interrupt? No, it was, a, it was a hot day out there. It wasn't, it wasn't the Sabini's day on the bike. Yeah. Did you, you didn't do the 300. I did 150. You did the 150. Yeah. How far did you get? Did 80. You and you got to shoot late this morning. I watched you. You saw me, didn't you? I did. I was like, oh, there 
very good. I was the last I person here to, to start. Them, you time. Is it chip time? <laughs> Is it chip time? Does that matter? Yeah, it's chip time, but you know, I had to chase back onto the whole group for like, you know, two miles. So that burned much as I didn't need to burn. Yeah. Uh, it was tough. It was just tough, sandy, soft. It, it's definitely a pirate. The, the gravel seas were real out there today. The gravel seas are real, aren't they? Never ending undulations of waves of Nebraska landscape. Absolutely. And this time the gravel seas had water on them. Like a lot of water on them. They did. You know? They did. So mile 80, I, I am understanding that the one section of mud that was not removed from the course, all credit, they did reroute the courses this morning, was at 82? Yeah, I missed it. I missed it. On purpose? I pulled I pull it. I didn't even know about it. I pulled a plug right on And I, our friends told us about the mud. They showed us a video. They're like, oh. So I quit at the right time. I call that the spirit of gravel. I, I have a question for you. How did your how did the tandem do? Can I cuss on a podcast? It was hell. It was hell. Okay. Well, our friends were on a tandem, and they they said that you had a mechanical and then dropped them instantly. Like you dropped them twice, but you were the nicest people when you did that. Was that the brother sister team? No. No, the uh, husband wife team. I can show you their picture. But but maybe it was Jeff and Brooke. Lisa, um, no, no, I didn't no. drop carps. Uh, no, this was. Uh, uh, we ended up second. Yeah, they said that you guys were like motoring, you're flying, but they were, you were the nicest. I don't even remember seeing yeah. them. I'm sorry. Because you were moving so fast. Whatever. They said you dropped. Them a, I mean, we had a we had a good day. Other than, um, I mean, that gra- that mud was. Yeah. A tandem full of mud is so heavy. How no, you, you can't. Shoulder or nothing. You can't. We couldn't shoulder it. We had to carry it and push it, and it was super hard. I'm going to have a chat with Jason about, well, they got rid of two sections of gravel, so full credit, full credit, but it was super hard. Yeah. But they saw us in the mud? Yeah, I think. No, I think well before that. Yeah, I think early before that. Yeah, yeah. whatever you had the me- mechanical, you the mechanical? Oh, no, that's Lee. That no, they, the yeah, they saw the red. That was the other tandem. The, the ones that got first place? Yes. Oh. Yes. 45 seconds. Oh, man, you almost We were in the lead until we turned east coming home. So 11 miles to go. Yeah. And then uh, we hear this, woohoo, because we know them. We're good friends with them. Uh, they got second last year in the uh, tandem. And uh, I was like, oh. Dang. You jump on that wheel and... Like, oh, for sure. We rode a long ways together. We rode until the very last hill on gravel, and uh, we got over the hill behind them, and then we, like, drilled it to try and catch their wheel again, and then we hit that, like, weird section of mud through the field or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> some guy... Can I cuss on my own podcast? I'm going to mark explicit. Some guy's like, well, this is a fuck you to all of us. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that sums that up exactly. That's, that's why um, this section exists. <laughs> it was exactly that. I was, I was gonna tell you that at probably maybe eleven, maybe nine last night. I was listening to your core four podcast while I was riding because I knew he was in it a bunch. So it was kind of, it, it got me through some of those early miles. Oh, I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Did you have a chuckle? I did. Okay, I good. did. She, she sent me a message like, I just finished listening by talk with Dev. I'm like, good podcast. You know. Have you heard it? Oh, yeah. Did you know your name was incorrectly pronounced? I've heard it, and I sent it to a bunch of other people that they've heard it, too. And they're like, there's not an N in your last name. We're rolling with the, the, uh, what would 
Disco would be the right word for that. The culture, you know, just send yeah, them yeah. and keep on moving. Yeah. <laughs> well, congrats, everybody. Love it. Love the spirit of gravel right here on the uh, main street in, where are we? Lincoln, Nebraska. This is the spirit Lincoln, of gravel right Nebraska. Gravel right. World 2023. Hell yeah. Yeah. Now, before we get to the winners of the 150, I had to talk to the winners of the 75-mile Gravel Privateer presented by Lauf Tandem Division. Good friends of ours, Lisa and Mark Juffenbrook from Norwalk, Iowa. D and I rode the final dozen miles or so with them. They dropped us fair and square on that last hill and then that last muddy section that uh, Jason and I talked about earlier. And it was an honor to finish within the same minute as them and stand on the podium one, two. So I had to talk to Lisa, Mark, and D jumps in there as well. All right, we got the uh, the world champion, world champion tandem here. This is in the 75 mile. We already talked to the uh, boys from the Netherlands who won the 150 mile uh, on tandem. Uh, what did it take for you to? Um, win the the 75 mile tandem race i didn't want any divorce papers filed against me (laughs) fair enough fair enough it was i without question it was one of the hardest days we've ever had on 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 a bike i I think and then on a tandem the whole day the goal was to get through it yeah you know for sure it was so it was it was an epic day of mud and soft gravel and timing chains yes yeah we yeah we dropped a belt six times and had to get off and put it on and it it really truly at mile four became about could we just finish we just were going to come mile four of 78 we were going to just commit to finishing and you know I, i think everybody felt that it was a tough day so somehow it was all came out it was in indeed, it was indeed a tough day for sure. So describe your emotions when you caught the tandem that ended up being the one you had to beat. Um, you know what? And be nice because you might be some of our good friends. <laughs> that, well, let's put we it this way. We never thought we'd see them again. One of the, we never thought we were going to see you all again. And then second to that, it was one of the nicest things in the world to ride that last six miles in together because we were only separated by a few seconds. And that was the coolest part of the whole day. That made a cool day way, way cool. Yeah, for sure. That that couldn't have been any better relative to, to how the day started. And then you look at how it ended and it couldn't have been any better was pretty awesome. We were, we were really lucky to be riding with you guys. And if anybody wants a tandem, it'll be on Craigslist uh, Monday. <laughs> There's two for sale. How we got two for one? So will, two for sale. So will the captain, the stoker is putting the captain also and on I, eBay. We now want to announce your retirement. <laughs> and they're all still covered in mud. So you buy it, buy, buy you clean them. it. Yes, buy that's exactly clean. right. You can get all that grass, all that soybean out of those bikes. Six miles, 10 miles, 12 miles, who knows? It was all a blur, but again, it was just such a treat to ride home with those two and stand on the podium with them. Speaking of podium, the winners of the 150-mile tandem division, two dudes who almost won the race outright last year and who were looking to avenge their third place overall last year, 
with a victory and were met with overnight thunderstorms and morning rain. This is Tristan Bongma and Patrick Foss. So uh, uh, let me grab you here. Uh, what, what's your name? Where are you from? Tristan Bongma from the Netherlands. Patrick Boss from the Netherlands. Uh, what did you guys ride today? We did a uh, Gravel Worlds 150 miles uh, in the in the wet and muddy <laughs> yeah, and, right. and, and then sunny conditions. Uh, what did you ride? Sorry? What did you ride? What bike did you ride? Uh, a Duratec. <laughs> a Duratec? Duratec. Is that the brand? Yeah, yeah, that's the brand. Brand. It's a tandem though, right? You guys are the guys who got like third last year? Yeah. How would you do this year? <laughs> Uh, I don't know which position, but yeah, it was very hard. We were sinking away the whole time. Good job, so, Stephen and Paul Yeah, Martin. not for us today. Yeah, uh, uh, it was hard, was it? Do you think a tandem was at a disadvantage today? Yeah, we were we were, we were so happy. So uh, yeah, we were sinking away, and yeah, and we had to walk and carry the bike in the mud. So. Uh, yeah. At 80, at mile 82, you had to carry your bike through there. Uh, earlier on, also. Yeah, yeah. Uh, earlier. On yeah, because sections. with the 150, we had another section uh, oh. earlier. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's where we lost. I guess about an hour and two miles or so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, and then we had to clean our shoes and the bike for half an hour more. So, yeah, then you know there is no rush anymore for the the next duration of the race. And we were not halfway even then. That sounds like our day, actually. That's about what it took us. <laughs> um, uh, did you try to ride through the mud? Yeah, we tried, but yeah, we were stuck very, very, very soon. So um, yeah, then we have to carry the bike. And uh, at, at the second mud, mud section, Patrick was riding and I was walking. Um, oh, so that, that hey, was possible. So next yeah, yeah. next time I will I will take running shoes with me. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, how much do you think your bike weighed after 10 feet? It's incredible. I have no idea what it weighs, but it's you. I mean, you cannot lift it. Even with the two of us, we have to stop every few seconds because it's too heavy to carry. Because the the mud just clogs up, and the bike is already very heavy. We carry a lot of spares, a lot of bottles, and it's a tandem, so it's heavy. And then that mud makes it double the weight. I don't know what it is, but it's you cannot can't lift the bike, man. I I told you my wife and I rode tandem today. Silver, uh, silver medal, silver world championship medal, right here now, uh, 75 miles. But like, it was so hard to carry the bike, and we had to like, we'd carry it like 42 feet, and then we'd have to set it down because it was so heavy. And I'm so happy to hear you guys had the same experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just, I guess, tandem life in the in the mud. You know, it's, that's right. That's it's right. just we we had experience from Unbound from a few months ago, where there was even more oh, more. Yeah. More mud, and that was even even worse. But this was very close, so we we have that experience, and and that experience was already terrible. So uh, (laughs) we know we don't like these conditions. (laughs) That's uh, I agree. I don't either. Uh, What race are you guys gonna win outright? Yeah, hopefully come back uh, in two years and win here. You can win here? Yeah, I think so. Last year we became third overall, so uh, the goal was to win this year. But yeah, then it started raining this night, so uh, maybe next time. So I'm looking at your jerseys, and I can tell who's on the front and who's on the back, by the way. 
Yeah. He's got yeah, mud yeah, all yeah, over yeah, his yeah, front. Yeah, you got I'm mud all over your back. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, uh, congrats. Thanks. And um, good job hoisting your tandem through the mud. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Cheers. And then I ran into three-time winner John Borstelman and Stephen Vogel, who finished third on the day. Because why not? Because we're all here, man, right? Uh, I got the winners. What's your name? John Borstelman. John Borstelman, number three. Yeah, number three. Nice. Me, me and Ali Tetrick, the only ones. Uh, the most a human has won Gravel Worlds ever. I'll take it. That's a tie ball game right there. And what's your name? I'm Steven Vogel. Steven Vogel with Project Echelon. That's we right. are Mad Zimmer fans. I got to yeah, say that. Absolutely. absolutely. Yep, the one absolutely. and only. Uh, first over here to my right and third to my left. Yes. Uh, we'll start with first uh, Borsman. How'd the day go? Holy cow. It sucked at 6 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, it's it sucked a, a lot of the day. It was hard. It was super hard out there. <laughs> Did it suck from 6 a.m. until... Two, <laughs> what? Two forty-five. It was maybe? two. I we finished right at two. Oh, at two p.m. So, okay, yeah, two okay, p.m. Okay. Uh, but it was just uh, so wet in the morning. The gravel was so soft that we were just sinking in and so having soft. to push so hard to just get anywhere. And it was so slow all day long. Do you track uh, your watch? Yeah, I do. Like, yeah. what kind of watch are you guys it throwing was, down there? That's for a good question. A long time. Well, Steven, I did like three, three fifty for about three and a half hours oh for my. normalized, and Steven was like above that for the whole four hundred. Like yeah. Three and a half hours. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> were you on the front? No, no, we were just covering moves. I mean, the guys, the rest of the group that we were in was just treating it like a road race that was three hours long. It was so hard. <laughs> it was not they three were, hours long. Was yeah, it? no, they were just like. Guttering up the crosswinds and just just sending it a lot, so it was just very very dynamic. Even though it was so slow and heavy too, it's a lot to a lot to take in all at once. I really appreciate you guys saying that it was slow and heavy because that's exactly how it felt yeah. for a long long time. When did it dry up for you? I mean, I guess by the last two hours, maybe the la after the last checkpoint, it was better. Yeah, uh, but it still wasn't as fast as as, as I was hoping it was going to be. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, dude. Yeah. Well, we survived, right? Yeah, we did. We did. We did. We did. So, uh, tell me about. They took some B roads out, some some dirt roads out, but they didn't take Thank them all God. out, right? Uh, how was number one for you? Number one was that was sort of the deciding factor in the race. So, Fred, Freddie Oved, Brennan Wirtz, who'd been really the, the major aggressors for for the first part of the race, uh, it whittled our group down to six. We got to the to the mud and. Uh, two two of the guys, Brennan and, the, and and someone else, clogged up with mud right away. Uh, Steven and Chase and I were the first ones out. We all got out about the same time. There was a little gap back to Freddie, and then we kind of put the power down, and he never caught back up. So it was just the three of us for a, a while, and then S Steven got, got dropped a little after that. Steven got dropped, is that right? I, I dropped myself. Steven's due to gravel. He, he didn't bring enough food. You're kind of Right? Yeah. When John said he wasn't stopping at the first uh, checkpoint, I decided to follow him, and that was a bad move. So. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, I'm going to come back to that in a little bit. We're going to talk about food. Uh, so my question about the, the mud again, like, did you guys try to ride through it, or were you like, screw that, we're just picking our bikes up and running? Uh, I, I was following uh, Freddie and Chase, who, who I was, I gave them a little bit of a gap going in to see see how I was right, going to treat right. their tires, you know. And they were able to get through all all the way until like the very end of that first mud section so so we 
uh, the four of us, I guess, rode rode through all the way until the last little pitch before the pavement, and then and then wow. it just when it gets steep, then it's you just can't carry enough momentum and your you're tires clog out. up, and uh, yeah, well, then 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 you you risk the the tire, but the tires did clog up eventually, so. But at least you're close enough that it wasn't too much of a hike to the next gravel road. And then yeah. you get on the gravel, you can just, as long as your wheels are turning, the mud will just fly off, you yeah. know, so. Yeah, uh, that is true, yeah. except on a tandem. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> yeah, those oh. poor guys. Yeah, oh, tell me about that. Yeah, they said they lost like an hour. It's it sounded miserable. They said they just couldn't get any traction with their rear wheel. Uh, you know, and and plus i mean we're sinking in we got one one guy on two wheels they got two guys on two wheels and like probably the heaviest bike in the world so 100 percent. i will attest horrible. to that yeah my wife and i ride tandem we did the 75 so <laughs> oh, we know nice. we did oh, it we God. did yeah. it's the heaviest bike in the world for sure <laughs> yeah um okay so uh, my next question is when we came back you kind of loop around and then you come back and you're looking at the end of that B road and it looked like an asphalt path had been like trampled down through the center of that B road. And that's, I don't know if you guys would have been there before that or after that, but what was the second mud road like when you got there? It was actually, uh, the first part was actually fairly dry and there was kind of a track through the middle of it. So I don't know how they, I was already off the back at that point of them so I was by myself but hashtag bonk yeah that's right yeah (laughs) yeah lights out let's regroup kind of thing but yeah I was able to ride probably half of it until it either started to get a little wetter or also went uphill again where you started spinning out and slowing down so I had to get off the bike at that point and just kind of trudge along so you kind of found the same thing yeah yeah chase and i got to that section and we saw this there was a big you know all the 75 milers had started riding and we saw this big old like you know three foot wide path of bike tires that had had gone right down and we were like yes this is amazing these people on road this we'll get through it right we got you know a quarter mile in and and the track just started getting smaller and smaller as more and more of the the earlier people started started walking and then then it looked like a horse bar Pretty much, yeah, yeah, exactly. Thankfully, it didn't smell like that. But, uh, but we, it might have. We did, we did have to walk, and they, there's some grass on the side of the road, so it's kind of a. It was either, you know, hopping over into the grass to walk, or, or getting on the bike when it looks smooth enough. I appreciate pretty efficiently, you know. So. Yeah, I like hearing that though. It makes me feel good that you guys didn't just like cruise through it like it was nothing. No, yeah. no, sir. Sweet. So let's talk about food. Where, like, what'd you bring? with you what'd you eat and what'd you want yeah so besides pizza the yeah i mean the the thing that really got me today was that i didn't change my adapt my plan for the course dynamics once Ah. the rain came so i was expecting a fast dry race given how the weather's been here i was like yeah it's going to be seven hours or less so here's how much i'm going to take but the way the course rode it was so heavy um I burned through my food early, and then the fact that I didn't stop at the first checkpoint was also a pretty rip, big rip because... Uh, Strategy? You don't know what's yeah. in somebody's back pockets. No, you know, yeah. No, it was totally on me, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> dude, I was glad Chase made it with yeah. it because, like, being out there by yourself or even with one For other sure. guy is rough, so yeah. yeah, no doubt. So it was mostly hydration because I uh, had a lot of... Um, scratch super fuel stuff so a lot of carbs in my mix that i was going to put into the bottles on the first checkpoint but i didn't do that so from there i was kind of on the back foot um but yeah i mean i try to go for 140 grams of carbs an hour which is a lot to stuff in 
I'm a big guy. Look, yeah. look. I know, I know. I'm I poking them both in the but... stomach, and uh, well, they're both pretty solid. But Steven's got about three or four inches that's of height he on does, too. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. the big factor here. Yeah. So, did you ever stop? Uh, not till the second checkpoint. Yeah. Okay. Although, funnily enough, <laughs> rolling through one of the towns when I was still with them. I saw a tent on the side with like a bunch of Gatorade sitting out. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, let me grab, grab one. So I rolled over and grabbed it. And they were like, hey, that's a dollar. And it was the Boy Scouts. <laughs> so I had to turn back around and I gave it back to them because I'm nice and didn't want to do that to young kids. But so then <laughs> that's then awesome. I to, then I had to catch back onto those guys because I got stopped at the highway too. So yeah, it was a debacle for sure. I mean, I've just been on Ragbri in July, so a dollar's pretty cheap. Yeah, right? But I was just like, I got nothing. money with it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Take Venmo, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Well, congrats, you guys. Great day. Uh, What was your two, six, I can't do math, eight hours? Yeah. Eight hours instead of seven? Yeah, I was like right at eight hours. Just a little bit over an hour from last year. Right. But uh, more power for the whole time. So, yeah. Yeah, I bet it was more power. So, a little over eight? Yeah, I was like 808 or something. And you had food for seven? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. I love you guys. Hey, uh, congrats. We'll see you on the podium. Okay, rock and roll. Thanks. So much. Thanks. 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 Cheers. Now, before we wrap up, the day before the race, Dee and I were walking through the expo, and some hydration packs caught our eye from Orange Mud. To be honest, we hadn't heard of Orange Mud before, so we're glad we're there. We ended up buying them and loving them. To be honest, they felt so good. You hardly knew they were there. And I'm just gonna tell you, Dee asked me late in the race, she's like, what do you think of your hydration pack? And I was like, to be honest, I was thinking about this a little bit ago, and my response was going to be, I don't even know it's there. Like 70 miles into the race, 65 miles into the race, the sun was out, it was warming up, and that thing was still comfortable. It's got pockets on the shoulder straps. It's got pockets in the back. Dee put her arm warmers in there when she warmed up. Honestly, we really liked them and we can't wait to use them again at Schwamm again in a few weeks. So, had to talk to the founder. Nice dude, Josh. And here's our conversation with Josh and a bit about Orange Mud. Bike, bike talk, talk with Dave. Dave. Oh yeah, bike talk with Dave. Yeah, I'm sure it's world famous. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I do have some Austin uh, listeners. All right. Uh, what's your name? Uh, Josh Sprague. With Orange Mud. Orange Mud. What the heck is Orange Mud? Orange Mud is a company that designs hydration packs and workout accessories for runners and cyclists. Tell me about the hydration packs. Why are they awesome? So we're awesome because we build them tough, so they're never going to break. We build nice. them breathable, so you can breathe when it's a million degrees out, like it's been this summer across the whole entire country. Uh, and then we build them, most importantly, to be a rock-solid stable on your body so they don't move around uh, and cause you chaffing like a lot of packs do in the market. Uh, that's awesome. We literally had the discussion on the way here, like, do we bring uh, camel... Sorry, camelbacks. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's like Band-Aid, answer. right? Yeah. Or Kleenex. Yeah. Uh, do we bring camelbacks? And I was like, I don't freaking want a camelback on my back. Yeah. It's too hot. Sure. So you've solved that? Yeah. So, like, with this pack, for example... 
uh, I laid a bladder on the table, inflated, which is actually about an inch smaller when you inflate it or put water in it, of course. And then I traced the pattern around it, and that's the starting point of the endurance pack, which is kind of our flagship for multi-sport. But, um, but yeah, so we didn't waste any extra space. So the way I mounted even uh, the bladder into the pack up, up, up top, it keeps it up really, really high, so we're able to have a really small footprint, so you can still access, like for a cyclist, you can still access your jersey pockets, put water bottles in there. Oh, that's nice. Um, and then even the way the pack folds around the bladder, it's under compression the whole time, so the bladder goes from full to empty, always under tension, so it doesn't slop around. And then uh, when it's full, it also is kind of bulbous, so you don't have much of a heat signature on your back either. Oh, and then nice. we have pockets in the front and pockets on the shoulders for all your kind of key essentials of phone, nutrition, a chamois butter, you know, whatever it is you need to uh, keep yourself rocking out there on the trail. Oh, that's awesome. And what uh, city are you based in? Uh, we're in Round Rock, which is basically Austin, Texas. Nice. Love yeah. it. Love it. Uh, sizes? Nope. Everything we do, uh, with the exception of just a couple packs, uh, are universal in size. And the way we get away with that is because we start everything up high on your body. We don't go down real deep on the length of your torso. And by doing so, the variance isn't as great. And the way that we have adjustments on our pack, we get away with that. And then I do always tell everybody that I think about boobs all the time and designs. And I make sure things work with boobs first. And then I make it to work for guys after that. Women are the most challenging to make a pack work with. Uh, but guys, obviously, are a little more straightforward for all practical purposes. Um, so, yeah, like our endurance pack will fit up to about a 50-inch chest as a runner, about a 48 if you're a cyclist, just because you're at different angles. But then some of our other packs, like our gear vest, that'll fit up to a 54-inch chest. And then even for the bigger guys or bigger gals out there, uh, we offer free modifications to make sure a pack will fit any size person. Wow, that's awesome. So, and we do that right in our shopping. That's awesome. And how about uh, capacity? So it ranges. So like this endurance pack, our flagship is about a four liter total cargo and a two liter bladder. Um, whereas like say our, we have a 12 and 20 liter backpacks that are great for endurance, kind of doing crazy rides or fast packing, uh, hiking for that matter. Um, but yeah, it's kind of all over the board from two to 20 liters, depending on which sort of design that you pick uh, awesome. and which sport you're going after. Awesome. Website? Orangemud.com. Awesome. Yeah. Check have us out. tomorrow. Oh, thanks. We will. We're party pacing tomorrow. <laughs> what are you riding? We're doing the 75, and we've got a, a cooler of Fireball and beer at mile 70. Oh, so, uh, at mile 70? Yeah, so we're, we're riding a no-drop ride. We're just having fun as a big group. And uh, last year, there's a bar at mile 70 in town of Dingaling. And uh, they, we had planned on it since last year of repeating. Last year, we stayed there for 45 minutes, maybe an hour. And uh, this year, uh, they closed down like 10 days ago. So consequently... We had to go to Plan B, which is fireball and a cooler and <laughs> I love it. being I love irresponsible it. and trying to rekindle our inner child. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I hope you make the final, like, what is it, eight, eight. miles? You got eight yeah. miles to I finish. hope you make the final oh, eight, man, but that could a, be dangerous. <laughs> it was a hoot last year after stopping at the bar. We all, we all had a great time. I, when we went in there, we were already riding with a group of just three of us. And when we went in, I ran into my buddy Matt, and then other friends of ours came in there. So we went in as a group of three, and we came out as a group of, like, 12 and, uh, and rode in all the way to finish together. And, and so, yeah, that's where this year I'm like, man, let's just get as many people as we can and yeah. just enjoy it. That's I love it. Maybe about. we'll see you there. Yeah, we'll be there. All right. <laughs> and that wraps up our trip to Lincoln, Nebraska, and the 2023 Garmin Gravel World. We can't thank Corey, Jason, and Sophia enough for including us in the weekend's festivities. 
We really had a blast. It was an awesome weekend. We did the air show the following day. That was incredible. That alone is worth the trip to Lincoln. But coupled with Gravel Worlds, it was a weekend to remember. And we also got to thank you for tuning in to Bike Talk with Dave. If you love it, we'd totally appreciate it if you would rate and review and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Remember, every episode from now on is also available on YouTube if you like to take in your podcasts that way. And if you'd like to support the show financially, we would welcome that. Just go to buymeacoffee.com and look for Bike Talk with Dave. Totally appreciate it. We want to thank you. We want to thank the Gravel Worlds family and everyone who joined in on the podcast fun and was willing to chat with me throughout the weekend. So we hope you have a great week. Enjoy some of the music of the weekend. And we'll see you next week on Bike Talk with Dave. Thank you.